Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. This morning we're talking about the supernatural provision of God. Supernatural provision. Faith Harvest is a season we use, a name we use, speak about a time period in our church life, and our personal life, where we actually sow seed directly, specifically, prayerfully, prophetically, faithfully into our future. Why? Because we need God to be involved with our harvest. We need God to be involved with our lives. We need God to give us some supernatural flow. We need the windows of heaven to open up over our homes and our businesses for our personal future, for our children and our children's children, preparing our ministry and heart for the people that we might touch in our lifetime. We need God in our future. We need God in our now. We need God to bring some supernatural, miraculous provision into our life. What's the difference between natural and supernatural? And I'm talking this morning about supernatural provision that God wants to release into our life. The word natural means conforming to what is expected in the ordinary course of events. Now, if this definition would somehow define your life, then you need to go to the next one as we talk about supernatural. But natural is the ordinary course of events. It's common. Normal, usual, run-of-the-mill. You would not like someone to write you a letter and say, I have a definition and an explanation for your life. This is how I see you. I think you're pretty much run-of-the-mill, normal, typical, usual kind of a person. Really, everything about you is very ordinary, which is not bad, but this is how I see you. You probably would not like that definition. That everything about you is run-of-the-mill, usual, commonplace, normal, typical, predictable, ordinary. At least those are not the words that the Bible uses to describe you and I. We're anything but typical, ordinary, commonplace, run-of-the-mill, predictable kind of people. We serve a real God, a living God, a big God, an awesome God who actually ministers to his people a whole new mindset for living through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not the normal, commonplace people. We are the people of a living God. Can somebody shout amen? Amen. And because of that, we move to the supernatural. Now, my life and your life should come under this definition. Supernatural means proceeding from an order of existence beyond the visible. That which is miraculous, superhuman, superior, unearthly, beyond natural explanation. And when you pray, that's how you pray. That's in your mind. You're praying to a living God, but He's invisible. You're praying to a God that will answer prayers, but you can't see His hand come down and move the events. 
You're praying God for provision, but you can't actually see what is on its way from the supernatural realm into the natural realm of your life. You can't actually see all that, but you pray because you have a faith that beyond the natural, there's a supernatural realm that is alive and well and powerful. And our life is surrounded by the supernatural. We don't think a lot about it. We don't talk a lot about it. But everything about our Christian life is surrounded with the supernatural, superior, beyond natural explanation. We need God to surprise us with supernatural provision as we live our lives. For our jobs, for our careers, for our investments, for the businesses we build, for the things we do in the marketplace, things we do in the house of God. We need surprises and supernatural provision. How many of you this morning would say with me, I am open and actually need some supernatural provision in my life? We need supernatural provision for so many reasons. Maybe you have that dream or that vision that you personally need to live out, but you don't have the provision for it. So City Bible Church is a church that has a lot of vision, a lot of future. We've been gone for five decades. We plan on going until Christ returns. We're a church that has... More vision than we ever have resource. And so it is in life with most people that are visionaries, individuals, businesses, our churches have more vision than they do resources, but they're always calling in the resources to meet those needs. We have a vision to expand our campuses, so we're reaching out to go into Vancouver. That campus itself is a mighty challenge, a mountain that we are praying up against and going through, believing that God wants us to expand our ministry to actually touch more families and more young people, more children and more poor and more everything that we do. We have a vision to send out missionaries, plant churches. We have a vision to help those in the nations of the world that can't help themselves, at least the way we can. This morning, we will be sowing seed, and tonight, in the 5 o'clock service, we will be praying over that seed as a congregation as we sow $65,000 of seed money from our faith harvest before we ever take in the faith harvest. We will be sowing $65,000 by faith into the nations of the world, into Uganda, Romania, Cambodia, different places, and I'll talk with you about that before we end this morning or tonight as we sow seed into the nations of the world thank god we have the seed to sow thank god we have the faith to sow thank god we not only sold the sixty-five thousand, but we sold multiplied other thousands of dollars over the wall and out to not only the metro area but into the nations of the world in order to do that you have to have supernatural provision it's above the tithe the tithe operates the house and the ministries that are here to serve the people but it's forward together money and faith harvest money and faith money that we give and offerings and above our tithe as we sow into our future that's able, makes us have the ability, gives us the ability to actually reach our vision. Without that, we'd be hobbled. We wouldn't have the opportunity money to reach out and fulfill vision. Supernatural provision for your life. Here's my declaration with you this morning. I will believe and reach out for supernatural provision by moving my faith beyond the natural mind limitations. If you're going to live in the supernatural, you have to move your mindset from the natural realm only. From what you see and how you live, you have to go beyond the natural. We are so locked in in a Western worldview with the natural realm. We actually believe 
that we're in charge of everything that's coming into our life. We actually believe that everything in the future will be up to us to prepare. Now, there's obviously a diligence and a wisdom that goes in preparing for your future and your family and your children and your job and all those things. I understand that. But beyond what you do, you also need a touch of God and a supernatural provision to come upon your life. Can I hear an amen? So we need that provision of God. We have to go beyond the natural realm. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. I want you to write down the last sentence to that verse. There is nothing too hard for you. Just that one sentence. There is nothing too hard for you. Say it out loud with me. There is nothing too hard for you. Now say to your neighbor, that means nothing. There is nothing too hard for God. Why? Because he made heaven and earth. He created man. He controls events. He knows how to provide. He knows how to move. There's nothing too hard for him. Sometimes with all the supernatural realm around us, we still don't believe. Or we can't see it. Because we can't see it, we don't reach into it. Because we don't see it, we don't call it in. Because we don't see things lining up, we get discouraged. Because we don't see all the pieces falling together, we can lose faith. Unbelief can start getting all over our soul and our spirit and our speech. Before you know it, we're living in a natural realm. And our natural realm can be a depressed realm or a carnal realm or an unbelieving realm or a realm of discouragement or a realm of mystery. I can't see how it's going to fit together. Therefore, I'm not going to believe. I can't see how God can move in this circumstance. Therefore, I'm not going to pray it anymore. I'm not going to call in the supernatural into that healing or into that provision or into that salvation or into that business or into that child. We just kind of leave it to the natural realm. Want to grab a counselor for the child and uh, some kind of an investment person for our future. And that's okay to do both of those things. But with that, there has to be a faith in the believer, in every Christian, that God is supernatural and the supernatural kingdom of God is all around us. And we can actually call on the power of God and the miraculous provision of God into every arena of our life by faith and not let the natural realm slam dunk our faith. Because this whole world is built on what you see and touch in the natural mind. Second Kings chapter 6. Elijah's dealing with a man who can't see, just like sometimes you and I. We can't see. They're in a situation where they're going to lose, it looks like. The army around them is multiplied many hundreds of times more than what they have. And the young man said to Elijah, we're done. We're history. Elijah says, no, it's not a problem here. What are you talking about? There's not a problem here. There's a problem here. No, there's not a problem. See, there's more with us than with them. Say that with me. There's more with us, but there's not. The young man looked around and said, that's a lie. That's not real. You're not in touch with reality. There's more of them than there are of us. How can you say there's more of us than there are of them? I can't see it. And so Elijah, as you know the story, he said to the Lord, he said, Lord, help this kid out. 
Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I, I pray, open his eyes. Everyone say that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and everyone say, and he saw. Behold, the mountains was full. Everyone say full. Packed in. No room left. God put the chariots and the horses and the fire all around Elijah, packed in, full, abundance. Of all the warrior angels and the warrior supernatural kingdom fighters that would be needed at that moment, the mountains were filled with these that would stand with Elijah. But Elijah can't see it. I mean, Elijah can see it, but the young man can't. So then he opened his eyes. Wow, it's true. There's more with us than with them. If you could see into the supernatural realm right now what's going on around your life, what's going on in the spiritual realm to do with you and your resource and your children and your relationships and your future and the things God's bringing together, if you could see, you might say, and there's more for me than against me. And God is bigger than all my enemies. And God is putting all the pieces together because I can see what the Lord is doing. Close your eyes right now. Put your hand right on your heart. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus right now, open heavens. Lord, I pray you would open the eyes of your people. Lord, that they might see the supernatural hand of God moving right now in their circumstance. Lord, in their areas of life where they cannot see anything, they cannot feel anything, they cannot pray anything, or their prayers are limited to the natural mind only. In the area, Lord, of the supernatural, there can be no limitation because our God is great. He has made heaven and earth. He creates something out of nothing. He's a God who moves in the miraculous. He goes beyond. Lord, right now I pray you would lift our faith beyond ourselves and beyond our circumstance. And Lord, you would begin to pour into us a supernaturalness. You would begin to pour into us a new eyesight. We would see. Hallelujah. Break off the shackles of unbelief. Lord, we believe for supernatural provision into our home, into our relationships, into every part of our marriage, every part of our children, every part of our future, every part of our businesses. Lord, we believe for supernatural increase. God, let there come a flow of the miracle power of Jesus in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said? Now here's another scripture, Luke 7, 16. Jesus has just finished doing something miraculous. It was beyond expectation. It was beyond the natural. It shocked everybody that he could raise the dead, heal the sick, Open the blind eyes, the lame walk. It's all these things. And these things are going on around an unbelieving group of people. But Luke 7 and verse 16 brings out from the message translation an awesome perspective on attitude. Listen to it. They all realize that they were in a place of holy mystery. And so you are. You're in a place of holy mystery. Your life is in a place of holy mystery. That God was at work among them. God is at work in your life. In your world, they were quietly worshipful. And then, noisily grateful, 
calling out among themselves. God is back looking to the needs of his people. Can you imagine the atmosphere as the miracles had taken place and they begin to call back and forth to one another, Hey, God's back. Looking to the needs of his people, he heals the sick and raises the dead and cleanses the leper and opens the blind eyes and provides miracle provision through a little boy's lunch. And this is an amazing day. You know what? God is back looking to the needs of his people. Come on, say it with me. God is back. Now say it a little bit more like you believe it. Now say it as if you were shouting to the person on the other side of the auditoriums. Now I want you to do it one more time, but I want you to do it as if you had to let the whole city know it. And let's give the Lord a shout and a clap. Come on. I believe that. Here are 12 supernatural scriptures you can meditate on this week and apply to your own prayer life. And of course, as we are in a faith harvest season, to your own provision of what you want God to do in your life. God is supernatural. Here's scripture. Just take down the references very quickly. Genesis 22, Abraham. Remember in the mount where... The supernatural provision used in the natural brought in the lamb instead of sacrificing his son. And what does he say? The Lord will provide. This is a mountain of provision. The Lord is never late. Sometimes he's never early. But the Lord will provide. Genesis 26 says Isaac sowed in a time of famine, need, problem, crisis in his life. Famine. But he sowed and he reaped a hundredfold. That's a miracle. That's supernatural, especially in a time of famine. In Exodus chapter 16 and verse 4, it says, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day. Think about it. The heavens open up and actually rain bread for three million people. I want to ask you a question. Who baked all the bread? Where did all the bread come from? Can you imagine anybody saying to a friend, You know, tomorrow the heavens are going to open up, and fresh bread is going to drop right in front of your tent. That person would probably look at them and say, what in the world are you talking about? The heavens have never rained bread before, and that's true. They have never rained bread before that or after that. That was the only time it happened, is in this historical period right here, where the actual heavens open up, and the angels had been working. How many angels would it take to bake enough Bread to go around to three million people who are living in the wilderness who probably would gather maybe one or two, whatever the family members they had, they would gather according to what their needs were. Maybe they were gathering one, two, or three loaves, so you multiply that out to six to nine million loaves of bread. How many angels would it take to bake up and get ready every day for supernatural bread? I would tell you right now, it's a lot of angels. Their angels were maybe created just for that one miracle. Hey, I need bread angels. I need some bread angels. Do I have any volunteer angels that will bake for the next 40 years? I need some baking angels. Okay, no volunteers. I'll just create those who just bake bread every day. And drop it out of heaven. Not a fairy tale. Exodus 16 says it happened. 
Here's another one. Deuteronomy 2, 7 says that they lacked nothing for the 40 years they were in the wilderness. Think about it. Another scripture says their clothes never wore out for 40 years. How many parents would say, I need that promise for my family? And here's a, here's a, even a better promise for especially the sports-minded parent who has to go out and buy tennis shoes for all your soccer players and your basketball players and then everybody else wears them. They used to only cost, you know, $18, $25, $35. Now you can go out and buy a pair of tennis shoes like you're buying a car. Hundreds of dollars. It says in the Bible, the shoes grew on their feet. How great is that? Eight-year-old son, sandals fit just great, Dad. That's good. No sandal mall shopping today. Six years later, hey, Dad, you know that pair of sandals? They've grown. They still fit my feet. Ten years later, hey, Dad, look at this. Can you imagine people living with a heavenly bakery, clothes that never wear out, shoes that grow on your feet. When you need water, you smite a rock, and it's enough gushing water to water three million people. How many of you understand God can do supernatural. If there's a God in heaven, there's a potential for supernatural. And there is a God in heaven, of course. Well, you go through the scriptures. Malachi 3 says, He opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing you can't contain. It's supernatural. How God opens the windows, begins to pour into your life a blessing you cannot contain. How about going fishing and catching a fish with enough money in the fish's mouth to pay taxes? How many of you would say, I might take up fishing? Especially some of the business people that have multiplied thousands of dollars they need to give to pay up their business taxes. And all of us who have taxes. How many of you would love for God just to give you your tax money this year? Raise your hands. I'm asking for those who would like to have at least your tax money provided for you. Lift your hands. I have faith for tax money this morning. Come on, lift your hands. What's your number? Say your number out loud. Just to yourself. Say it out loud. My number is 1,000, 2,000, 20,000, whatever it is, 1,500. Father God, right now, provide tax money for your people. Let there come a supernatural fish, not just in the water, but some kind of an instrument that you would bring supernatural provision for people who need to pay their taxes. Because you did it in the New Testament. You can do it now. Think about it. How about the little boy who has a lunch? Why did the little boy pack the lunch size he packed? Why did he pack loaves of bread and fishes for one little boy? He packed his lunch to be used that day. He knew he would share it with someone. He didn't have any idea it would be with 5,000 people. Come on, how great is it? Jesus says, well, just break the bread and give out the fish. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I mean... The disciples said, come on, Jesus, it would take, uh, I mean, how much to feed this group? I mean, Jesus says, don't worry about it. You start, use what's in your hand, and I'll multiply it. Miracles are not magic. Miracles are multiplication. God takes what's in the cup, in the basket, in the house, in the barrel, in the cruise of oil, In the heart of the believer, the seed you sow, the prayers you pray, God works with something. That's why the Bible says when you pray, say, put the word out there so I can work with it. 
That's why the Bible says, bind these four so I have some prayer to work with. Supernatural. I want to move from the natural to the supernatural. And this is how I would do it. Here's four little points that will help you move from the natural to the supernatural. Number one, I will move from impossible to possible. Just move your mindset a little bit this morning, even if it's a fraction of an inch. Please move your mindset for your own life, for your own good, for your own family, for the ministry, for the kingdom of God, and for the Jesus you serve, who is a resurrected supernatural Jesus. Move your mindset from impossible to possible. Jesus said, those who believe, all things are possible. It's a Bible word. He also talks about it in Luke 1, 37, for with God nothing is impossible. It's a Bible word if you want to look it up. Impossible and possible are in the Bible. I want to be a person who lives with a possible mindset. An impossible person has things like this, contrary to my reason, impractical. Do you ever say things like this? No way. Out of the question. Unimaginable, unthinkable, unworkable, incapable of happening. That will never be done. That is totally unlikely. Get in touch with reality. Get real. That's not going to happen. That's the impossible person who's living in the realm of the natural because in the, in the natural realm, you're right, it can't happen. A possible mindset says things like this. It's, it's probable. It's attainable. It's achievable. It's possible. It's conceivable and doable. Imaginable that that might happen. It's within reach, although, boy, God would have to pull some things together, but it's within reach. You know what? That's within the realm of possibility. Isn't it great when you share some vision of faith, dream of faith, or need in your life, and you share with another believer who believes in the supernaturalness of God and the bigness of God, and that person says to you, it's possible. That's within the realm of faith. Isn't it horrible when someone says, that won't happen? Why are you thinking like that? No way. That's unthinkable. That's not doable. Who told you that? That's not going to work. How can you believe that? There's people that always think on the impossible side, and there's people that think on the possible side. I would like to live my life thinking that if there's a God in heaven, it's possible. Somebody goes fishing, they pull up some money in a fish, they come in and say, you can't believe it. This fish had swallowed a $100 bill, and I caught the fish, and I got the $100. I'm going to say, no big deal. You're way behind time. That happened a long time ago. Andrew Murray, we have a God who delights in the impossibilities of man. George Mueller, faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. Number two, I will move from my thoughts to God thoughts. My thoughts will slam dunk me with unbelief, natural limitations, carnality, and we are all born with a lot of questions. I don't know about that. And we're born with a suspicion. Most of us have one of the gifts of the Spirit. We've added one. The tenth gift of the Spirit is the gift of suspicion. Well, I suspect that's not real. I suspect he's not real. I suspect they're stretching their testimony. I don't believe God would bring that much money into their life. I don't know about them sowing and then testifying how God multiplied. It's never happened to me. And people have a gift of suspicion. People with a gift of suspicion, it's really different than the gift of faith. And it's those people that don't see the supernatural provisions of God or the miracles of God. And so they don't understand it. And when someone else receives it, they suspect that it's a lie or they're stretching the truth a little bit too much or they're actually uh, just living in a fantasy world. That, that could not happen to you. Even when someone says, and I was healed of cancer, what goes through your mind? 
Well, you better check with the doctor because you don't look like you're healed. Or someone says, I received $3,000 in the mail from I don't know who it was. It was just an unmarked envelope just with a, a scripture on it in my mailbox. And God provided I was praying for $3,000. I needed it for my child's education fund. And in came the money. And you're thinking to yourself, yeah, well, you told somebody how much you needed. And you probably gave a little faith hint to people. And somebody probably, who cares how it happened? Why can't you just rejoice and say, yes, God does those kind of things. Instead of always the impossible, move from your thoughts to God's thoughts. Thomas Watson, chairman of IBM, 1943. We'll give him that much as 1943. His board submitted a whole plan for them to create a whole new computer line to produce computers. His response to the board, I think there is a world market for about five computers. How many of you are glad... You don't belong to the Watson tribe. How embarrassing. But this man who lived in the world of money, IBM, technology, supposed to be a thinker on cutting edge. He was surrounded by his own natural thinking, natural mind, natural limitations, how he could see the economy, what he saw for the future. Because he was so into himself and his natural realm, he could not see the future. They said, we need computers. He says, you know, there's no market for this. How about Ken Olson in 1977? That's not that long ago. President of digital equipment. When they presented to him how they could mass produce a line of computers used for homes. His response, there is no reason for any individual to have a computer in their home. How many of you have made Ken Olson a liar? Whoops, if you would have been around, we could have said to Ken Olson, Ken, wake up. Smell the coffee. Look 50 years down the road, 20 years down the road. Everybody will need a computer. The prices will come down. But he was so locked in to his thought, he couldn't see. Number three, I will move from lack and limitation to supply and plenty. Psalm 65, you crown the year with your goodness. Okay, I believe that. Your paths drip with abundance. All right, I claim that. I, I bring that to my life. Psalm 65, 11. Isaiah 60, verse 5, Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea, and the sea represents, here resources shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Okay, I believe that. Judges 18 and verse 10, You will not lack anything in the land that I give you. All right, I claim that. My mindset is I want to move from limitation mindset to plenty. You can live in a place of abundance and still have a mindset of scarcity. You can live in a place of plenty and still have a mindset of poverty. You can be around all kinds of ideas and things to produce business-wise. People say this all the time, but it is no surprise to me because of the way I think. Why is it that ethnic groups come to America and prosper? Because they come with the ability to see the potential in everything. And so we live in abundance, abundant ideas, an abundant economy, a way to reproduce and have businesses and actually prosper and in our prosperity with purpose, able to give to the kingdom of God. But because we get into an American mindset, we don't even see it. So in come the Romanians and make it happen. 
All the Romanians wave at me. Whoa. In come the Russians. In come the Hispanics. God help us if the Hispanics ever leave America. They're the workforce and the backbone to every company. I have some of my business people say, I won't hire anybody else but a Hispanic person. They're the best workers in the world. Why? Because they have seen what work will do. Where the American mindset has shriveled, even though we live in it, we can't see the supply. We can't see how to start a business. We can't see how to get ahead. And other people come in, and then we end up working for the Romanians and the Russians and the Hispanic people. And pretty soon they'll be the presidents and the legislators and the ambassadors to our country. And we'll still be saying, but we're rich. Good point, Frank. That's an awesome point. You know, that's just... I know you maybe don't like to hear that if you're a purebred American. But just ask yourself a question. Why do they prosper? Because they have in their mind a way to see things that you can't see. Number three, or four, I will move from the natural to the supernatural and respect miracles in my financial world. All right? I will move from the natural to the supernatural and expect miracles in my financial world. Supernatural manifestation of divine power work in my financial world. I have a couple questions as I wrap it up right now. Now hear me. This is not just for faith harvest. This is a message that can be lived in every area of your life. What is in your hand? It's a Bible question. What's in your hand? What's in your house? The Bible question. The woman who thought she was going to die of starvation and her son turned out living a miracle because she had a miracle in her house, but she couldn't see it. What's in your business? What's in your job? What's in your mind? What can you bring up and water and offer to God and say, Lord, enlarge my thoughts. Enlarge what's in my hand. Let me see plentiful. Let me see provision. Let me see supernatural. Let me live a life that's different than what I live. God did not create you just to get by. He created you to have more than enough. And he created you to bless other people. That's what he said to Abraham. And we are Abraham's seed. I am created not just to gobble up everything for myself. I am created to bless other people. And when I begin to bless other people, something in me goes off. Wow, it feels so good. Why, I'm created for that. When you give, something goes off inside of you. When you serve, something goes off inside of you. Why? You're created for that. When you help the poor, help the widow, when you minister to the nations, when you do anything that reaches beyond your borders, something in you says, yes, I like living this way. And you'll get addicted to it. More than enough, supernatural provision.